Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and welcome to Queer Stories, the podcast for the LGBTQI plus storytelling night I host and program. Queer Stories events happen regularly in Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne, and I'm also now hosting them in regional towns. If you enjoy these stories, please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and consider buying a copy of the Queer Stories book, a collection of 26 of the stories edited by me and published by Hachette. I'm really proud of this collection and I hope you enjoy it too. Kate Fenwick is a queer poet living in Newcastle. In 2017, they completed their honours thesis titled Digital Queries, a series of poems that explored the relationship between millennial queers and the internet. Their work has been published widely, and a version of this piece appeared in issue 10 of Archer magazine, which was launched at Queer Stories in Sydney in August. Before I share my story tonight, I'd like to acknowledge that it was written on country belonging to the Awabakal and Waramai peoples. Not unlike the sleeves of a t-shirt repurposed into a muscle singlet, butch lineage is often discarded. A cog in a seemingly much larger LGBTQIA star wheel, butch history is seldom tracked. It sits calmly in the corner of a quiet pub, a schooner in one hand and a cigarette in the other. It swaps stories with a syntax that is so uniquely butch in a manner that slides within folds of forgotten handkerchiefs and crinkled love letters. My initial encounters with butch weren't visions of beautiful, polished women in perfectly tailored suits. The building blocks of my narrative are stereotype butch, butch that isn't diverse, butch that is peppered with toxic masculinity. I grew up in Newcastle, a working class heartland with roots in alcoholism and steel. The trajectory that butch women followed in my town was one of poorly fitting stubbies, chain smoking and bad 90s tribal tattooing. <laughs> I cringe looking back on my desperation to love my body in floral dresses as a young teenager and my abject desire to reject the masculine aspects of myself for fear of falling into those tired and true patterns of existence. And at my core, I've always been a butch person attracted to butch people. That dynamic wasn't something I had previously encountered. I really believed in the trope that butch identifying people, sort of femme. And that just wasn't me. I tried over and over again to fit that paradigm, the box that was so distinctly carved sometime, somewhere in our queer history. And then I met Jess, an androgynous ball of love who fit against the curve of my back in the fetal position like a missing piece of a jigsaw puzzle. My heart was full. My mind finally understood what it meant to have your identity aligned with the person you choose to share the twists and turns of life with and a hand to hold when the same boring questions arise in regards to who wears the pants. <laughs> and the thing is, Butch is diverse, transgressive and sometimes transgender. We can learn this through looking back at transcending Butch pillars, most notably activist and author Leslie Feinberg. Stone Butch Blues is the equivalent of a holy text to many a young Butch identifying person because it paints a multifaceted picture of Butch existence. 
It delves into the complexities of butch in plain and accessible language. It explores that gender ambiguity, presentation and representation in ways that allow for discourse to flow in between and outside of those lines. Never had there been a text written outside the binary that was inclusive of anyone who dared to flip its pages. And like Feinberg, we look to poets like Eileen Miles, who speaks to the intersection of butch and trans existence, articulating to the rest of us the ways in which both identities collide and marble, creating a force to be reckoned with. Miles' work challenges what we know as butchers about butchness and what a butch looks like when transcribed into trans modes of being. They write, I'm happy complicating what being a woman, a dyke is. I am the gender of Eileen. And from that work, we know that the complication isn't a design flaw, nor is it an identity placed upon them, but rather one that's been created through trial and error, through butch expression that's moved into uncharted spaces. In a recent ID article titled Eileen Miles on their love for shitty t-shirts, it looks at the way in which clothing, like the words we use to describe ourselves, act as identifiers. Miles describes a beat up old t-shirt from Banana Republic as being a signifier of comfort, both physically and metaphorically, stating, I feel like the world is in place. It is not uncommon for butch and masculine of of people to cling to clothing that makes them feel most like themselves. Butch history has a disjointed timeline, generally and when it comes to fashion. However, there are certain elements of the quintessential butch wardrobe that never go out of style. But how does all this relate to our history? It relates because what one elects to put on their body as they move through the world is deliberate. And through this deliberation, we weave our own language. This language communicates between us, a black bandana in a back pocket, a pair of Doc Martens, a carabiner fastened to a belt loop, and a deliciously fitting binder. And these signifiers are signposts which create points of reference in this communal history. Activist Auntie Kate Bornstein has affectionately referred to these garments as dykewear. Black bandana two decades ago acted as a cue, a suggestion that the wearer was queer and into S&M. However, through our contemporary context, that meaning has shifted due to increased visibility. Bondage paraphernalia has moved into a public consciousness and we no longer rely on these articles of clothing to form a secret code, rather a tokenistic expression of our queerness. It would be naive of me to suggest that historically butch and androgynous fashion hasn't mimicked one another, or perhaps even if they aren't one in the same in many instances. Mainstream media leads us to believe that butch likes lead Alaria, said with love and affection, or Shane McCutcheon, said with love and affection. <laughs> However, part of reconstructing our visual history much include the diversity of butch. Butch that's fat, butch that's brown, butch that's checkered with stretch march and varicose veins, butch that's young or old or disabled, butch that's femme and femme that's butch, and femme and butch that is entirely masculine, complete with top surgeries, a perfectly proportionate packer tucked into a pair of rodeos. In 1994, photographer Catherine Oppie came into our <laughs> cultural consciousness with a series of portraits exploring the Los Angeles leather dyke community, butch identity in the self, and then again 10 years later in 2004. The 2004 series saw Oppie capture a different facet of butch. These images revealed a softness within butch identities, allowing for the first time glimpses into butch vulnerability and reminding the community that softness and butchness are not mutually exclusive. And then, some years later, in 2018, parenthood and butchness that is scarcely seen within the same frame was revealed. Through documenting our people, Oppie's images craft a visual history in a way that isn't necessarily performative, 
masculine maternalism is showcased through a photograph titled Self-Portrait Nursing, depicting a cropped hair, tattooed oppie, chest feeding, a hungry child. This image is potent because it reconfigures what Butch looks like. Tracking Butch is about writing down our nuances, aspects of ourselves and our community that have long been shelved as unimportant or not worthy of documentation. This minimal attention to detail is what has led us to a lack of tangible history. It is a history that we can pick up, put down, shake, rattle, question and challenge. There's no framework at present for redefinition and reclamation beyond what we have because other people have tended to document it for us. Our patchwork is a poorly tattooed symbol of Venus on a forearm, a home job buzz cut on a middle-aged dyke and wardrobes full of colour-coordinated plaid. <laughs> it is also genderless, breastfeeding, transgender and transcending. To be butch is to be all-encompassed. I don't know that one dips their toe into butch, for it is a state of becoming. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review the Queer Stories podcast to boost my ego and help spread the word. For tickets and dates, follow Queer Stories on Facebook. And for late night rants and photos of my dog Frank, follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter. For discount tickets to my shows, as well as other perks, become a supporter of my work on Patreon for as little as $4 a month. Details on MaeveMarsden.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.